It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Well, hello and welcome to our, the continuation of our pumpkin pie for breakfast episode, which is kind of just like a best supporting after show with pumpkin pie seasoning on it. But that uh, it, it does include us talking about all of the things that we have been watching, as you may have heard last week. But more importantly, this week, our, B- our best supporting assignments, our BSAs of the week, and uh, you know, I'm still Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I like wanted to help you. I'm like, and and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, and so on and so forth. But I'm still yeah. Nick. I'm still Nick. I'm just me. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm just me. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm going through a, a, a time in my life right now. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't want to cry. Uh, I don't want to cry. I don't cry right now. Uh, so, folks, as you may know, if you listened to yesterday's episode, uh, we had a bit of a miscommunication about what this week's episode was, <laughs> this week's episode was going to be, and so we decided to just, you know, make it work. And so we still have a lot to discuss, yeah. given the fact that we don't have a main, a main, you know, dish for this week. We still get a lot of sides to get into. Amen. And I'm actually gonna. St- I know we have to talk about mass, the second viewing. For me, third for you, but I did want to just wish everyone a happy Pen15 release date because this will be dropped on Friday when Pen15, the last of Pen15, Colin, no more season Ugh. three or no more seasons. This is it. How do you feel? I mean, I'm I'm heartbroken because this show is just, and I think so many people feel this way of like, there's just something about this mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm. They just get it right for so many of us and i get that like i'm sure a lot of the younger actors have aged significantly over the past couple years and that's probably made it harder and maybe there's all sorts of other reasons as well but you know i will say this that there is something to be said for a show that has you know two seasons kills it both seasons you know like uh and then sits on the shelf as this amazing little thing that we all loved for a couple seasons you know like i'd hate for it to keep going and then like not be good you know yeah i wish more shows would adopt that i mean i understand like juggernaut sort of sitcoms or you know comedies like the office or parks and rec or 30 rock or whatever it happens to be but yeah i mean uh quality over qua- wait yeah quality over quantity i had to think about that quality over quantity um and i i'm also sad but i i also feel like both of them will still be in things you know what i mean like i i think mm-hmm. that's one, they're they're having babies, so there's that. Um, and two, you know, they want to maybe do other projects or write or direct other stuff. So I I can't wait, but I'm I'm sad about it. But I I look forward to you know, obviously we're recording ahead of time. We haven't watched a lick of it, but I I can't wait to just dedicate Friday night to you know watching as many episodes as I can, um, and completing uh. it at some point over the weekend. It's gonna be hard to not binge the hell out of it. Like I'm, I'm not gonna. But you know, these episodes are all rewatchable. It's the wonderful thing about Pen Fifteen is that like, 
you really have to watch it at least three times, you know? Yes. And so binging it over the over a weekend, sure, the, the newness, you know, it's like, okay, well, you didn't savor it, but, like, there's still plenty of meat on the bones the second, third time around. I agree. I, I can't wait. I mean, I, I will always, always go back to season one because I love it and it never make it never fails to make me laugh. I will say as I'm 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 gonna interrupt myself here and let everyone know that the the episode titles have been dropped um for the second half of the season and I am super excited for it. The first one is called Bat Mitzvah. Then we have Ugh. an episode called Oh I don't want to I, I don't I don't, you I don't, don't know anymore. I don't you want, don't want I, to know. No, okay. I want to spo- well, then I don't we know go. anything. No, I, I want to be I want to be surprised. I want to have no idea what I'm in for. Okay. Well, I'm going to read real Like quick I'm for not myself. even going to watch Ooh, I love that. the other trailer. Uh, I just want to be surprised, especially if this is the last the last yeah, portion. The last raw. I, I want to be You want to go in fresh. I want to be gooped. Yes. I want to be, I want to go in fresh. So thank you, but I uh, oh gosh. Thanks, but no um, thanks. I get that. But no thanks, you know. Um, yeah. Oh god, I'm so excited. I can't I'm wait. So excited. I can't oh. wait. So um, yeah, you know, and it's it's uh, it is what it is. You know, I, I was thinking about how like the show Shrill just ended recently, and mm-hmm. special ended, and like God willing, we get another couple seasons of work in, I hope in progress, so. yes. and you know. But it's like so is the course of these things, and the reality is. There's going to be a new series out probably on HBO or Hulu or Peacock or whatever that'll, you know, give us the feels like there's, you know, there's also a matter of making room for the new voices, you know? Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, speaking of maybe not new voices, but uh, voices that we've uh, heard a couple of times, terrible transition. Basically, we saw (laughs) Mass again recently. Uh, we threw that was at the variety screening room. I I felt like, you know, I, don't, I felt like somebody. I felt like I had a press yeah, pass, you know, a virtual um, one, but a virtual one, yeah. And but it was a, a screening of Mass from the comfort of our homes, and then a Q and A with the entire cast and with Fran Kranz, the writer director, afterwards. And for it was your second viewing. It was my third viewing of Mass, and. Um, We've been meaning to catch up on it. I know it's been a couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. but um, what's your, where does Mass live in your head now, <clears throat> now that you've seen it a couple times and it's marinated for a bit? Yeah, I I so enjoyed it the second time. I think it's like you can, I'm sure you probably have a similar experience too, but a lot of the stuff that we already talked about in our Mass episode, I think it just deepens, I think what I, what I took away from this is just how beautifully written it is. And I know we talked about Fran Kranz, but I feel like there there is just so much more to say about his writing and, and the dir- he wrote and directed, question mark? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and as we talked about, too, like he's like in his mid to late 30s, I feel. And to just put out something like this and for it to, and you know, in, at least in our eyes, I know I can speak for you when I say that, to, for it to be so successful and so moving I think that's kind of like I was looking at it more as a whole rather than the individual performances, which I think I kept my eye a little bit more on Anne this time because the first time was just like, you know, Martha, Martha, Martha. Um, Mm. And, you know, also paying a little bit more attention to Reed as well too. Reed Bernie. We're on a first name basis. Um, And just really kind of taking that performance in 
um, and understanding it and just seeing where those layers of nuance are just sort of like, I mean, obviously we talked about it. It's, it's so understated, but like, I, I think, I, I also think too, it's like, I always go back or I keep going back to this thought of it, of, of it being a play that it could be a play it would have to work. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's this instead. And those are my, those are my initial thoughts. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I think after three times, I've, I'm like, oh, this is pretty heavy. I think I could step back. You know, when I love something, I like to binge on it. But like, sure, oh, the flavors are rich with with mass, and I love it. I mean, I, I, this movie is so much. You know, again, we talked about it all in the mass episode, but this movie is so much of what I, I love. I mean, it's just like a, a, a love letter to act acting and. I and great writing and great direction and great mm-hmm. editing like there's just it's so well done and there's great supporting roles it's just like you know and there's talking through tears and there's monologues and there's just moments and micro moments and it's just like oh god I just love all these things and I I think the more that I've seen mass the more that I've appreciated the, the nuances and that you know it it is not who's afraid of Virginia Woolf in a church basement you yeah. know and that it's so much more about the look that Linda gives Richard at a certain point when he's saying something and you're like, there is so much in that look, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And it's things like that that like are just so exciting to see. And I agree with three Bernie, you know, I think at first it was like, Oh, you know, it's the, you know, it's the Nick of the, who's a pretty Virginia Wolf. It's like, Oh, but the, yeah, but it's like, I really appreciate now. I mean, like, you know, even with George Siegel, it was like eventually watching Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf enough times. It was like, oh, my God, he has such a hard job. He has to just keep reacting to all of yeah. this. And I think for Reed Bernie, it's not so much reacting, but it's like underreacting or reacting in such muted ways. But like it, it's an incredible performance. Mm-hmm. I, I take back any kind of like furrowing of my brow because it, it doesn't have the same Jason Isaacs moments. I read Bernie's performance is incredible in that movie. And I mean, they all are, it's just, they're all just so good. And, and Dowd, that character, I just think about Linda and I think like, I will never forget the way that she exits this movie. I will never forget her walking out of the church. There's something about that that just breaks my heart. Uh, ugh, like just her stumbling out. It's just so beautiful. And I love it. I, I don't, I was, I was going to say, I don't know what's going to happen with the award season. I almost don't even care. Yeah. It's like, fuck the award it's for season. Us. Give it. <laughs> yeah. Give it to Kirsten Dunst. What do I care? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, that, um, I mean, I was on gold derby today and it's, it is literally all over the place for the supporting actress race. And for every, I think that's kind of a real shift because a week from today, West side story comes out and, the Power mm-hmm. of the Dog is now on Netflix, and I mean, being the Ricardos, I don't know. Maybe Nicole Kidman's gonna, you know, knock it out of the park. Who knows? Um, but it's it's kind of a weird time to start thinking about award season still because it can shift like that. Like Anne was at the top of the rankings, and now she's like fourth yep. or fifth, and I'm like, fuck. But also, I I like that idea of, you know, who cares. We we know this movie is good. We love it, and hopefully other yeah. people do. If it gets recognized, great. I mean, you know, it's it's like if it gets recognized, exactly. If it gets recognized, great. If it doesn't, that doesn't mean it wasn't amazing. Yeah. And when it does happen, 
like with the Gotham Awards yes. for Best Supporting Performance by Troy Kotzer, who we fell in love with in CODA, then I'm like, oh, the awards are great, you know? Yeah. Um, then it's like, it's it's sprinkles and gravy. It's like, oh, that's so great that that performance is getting recognized. That movie, I mean, that and The Lost Daughter, which I can't wait to oh, see. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when that, I think that comes out soon. I feel like it's I somewhere. Believe. that That's not, not on my list for some reason of all the things well, I wrote we're gonna down. We're going to do a little, yeah. we do a little Google gander. Let's see. All right, Google, where can we see it? Oh, December 17th. Okay, great. On that's a Friday. Netflix? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's a Netflix situation. Oh, that would be so nice. It is. Oh, my God. Yeah, so December 17th, it'll be on Ugh, Netflix. So that'll a be... dream, yeah. Because Olivia Coleman won Best Featured Performance, and Maggie Gyllenhaal won like Best Director and Best Script, and it won Best Feature. So, I mean, that's that's exciting. So it's kind of like, all right, if Mass is just this little Easter egg that those who know, know, you know, great. And if in the meantime, the lost daughter and Olivia, Cur- Olivia Kirby, Olivia <laughs> Coleman, uh, whoever the fuck Olivia Kirby is, maybe she's in it too. But if she, uh, you know, Vanessa Kirby, maybe she's in yeah. it. You know, she's facing things. Um, <laughs> she's starring in things. I'm starring in things. Uh, then great. Let that let that be what you know. What sweeps the awards instead? Fine by me. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm gonna. I'm going to continue this conversation just a bit uh, and say that other, speaking of other things that are sort of coming out is where I'm going. Um, I think a, uh, next Thursday, is it, is the Sex and the City reboots. But why do I think the Thursday is I such bl- a weird day? Is that when Sex and the City was originally on, like on HBO back in the day? I think it was. That w- that's cool. That feels, it wasn't part of my life. I wasn't, I always think, I think about that often especially when i re whenever i've rewatched sex in the city as i think of like in particular i think of like women in their 30s in new york city in like 2000 like getting together and in one of their like kips bay apartments to watch sex in the city together and i'm like what is that world what is that life you know um but i was not a part of that because i was 13 so I assume maybe that's why. Yeah, I I am excited for it. I think it should be. I mean, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I think it, it's whether I'll watch it right away or you know wait for some buzz to generate. I don't know, but either way, I'm interested. I think it's I think it's cool. It does feel like even watching that trailer that Amanda sent us in the group chat today. It there's there's like a sense of finality in that trailer. Did you watch it or? I okay. did. I did. I mean, it's I, a little you know, cheese, I'm... but yeah. 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 It's a little cheese. It's, a, um, you know, I, I think it's hard to not sex in the city. Just it, it's a bit of a dated concept yeah. in my mind at this point. Like, I think there's so much about it that especially now I'm like, ugh, like what God, like move on. It's not, it's not the early two thousands anymore, you know, like enough with the fucking cosmos and the meatpacking district, you know, but so I'm so I'm going into it with that with that opinion of like oh god I I think I think we've moved on from this era, but I am curious to see I mean what their narratives are you know how these women are being portrayed at this stage of their lives you know um, sure I yeah. but it's also weird I I think watching the housewives right now I almost kind of feel like how different or similar will it be you know 
That's true. I I mean, I'm hoping that they left all of the good bits out of the trailer. And I hope that I'm hoping to be surprised. I feel like, you know, the writing's always been great on that show. So and and for lack of like you said, it's dated, you know, especially going back and to revisit the original stuff, too. It just it just doesn't hold up. So I'm interested in, you know, what does the 2021 lens look like for sex in the city? I hope there's not any pandemic stuff where I'm going to, like, throw my TV out the window. But I am excited. um, What is her Carrie's going to have all these designer masks. I know. Uh, there is an actress named Sarita Chowdhury um, who was in Homeland, and she was in the trailer. She's one of the women who talks to Carrie, and I can't remember what her line is in the, in the, in the trailer, but I love her. She pops up every once in a while. Um, she's so good. She plays Mandy Patinkin's wife in Homeland. If you were, I don't know if you were into Homeland, but um, I... I was not. Uh, that's okay. I, that name's for She's great. Yeah. She is a really great actress. So I'm excited to see her in this show. So we'll see what happens. Well, we shall see. We yeah. shall see, which kind of sounds like an alternate title to end just like that. And we shall yes. see. <laughs> um, well, does that, does that lead us to maybe we get into our best supporting assignments from last week? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had any other no. thoughts on mass. I'm, I'm, I, I feel you good. know, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was great. It was great, and I'm gonna put it down for a little bit because there's only so much. I'm, I'm realizing, ay ay ay. You know, that's true. Uh, oh, I, I did want to say, just really quickly, um, the the uh, the the chat, the talk back afterwards is really great. Reed, Bernie, and Ann Dow, they're just a bunch of like kids in the the back oh. of the church that are goofing around in the pew. You know what I mean? Oh, they are like the the epitome of church giggles. Yes, they yes. are it's so funny together. And it was because it was <clears throat> the way that they had it set up for anyone who wasn't there. Is the interviewer was in one chat window, and then Anne and Reed were sitting next to each other in another chat window, and then Jason and Fran, Fran were sitting next to each other in another chat window, and then Martha was from her trailer looking like. I don't know. I don't she know like... what she she had. <laughs> I I can't. It was like Buscal dropout. I mean, it was she had these these cat eye glasses. She had a little thing in her hair. Um, what did her T shirt say? Uh, vaccinated. Thanks. Uh, no. Thanks. Thanks for vaxing. Uh, something. Yeah. Fine. Thanks for vaxing. Yes, I'm or fine, something like thanks that. For and it was like, oh my god. I loved it. I loved her. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's so those are my clo- closing thoughts yeah. on that. But yeah. Well, great. Well, then let's get into our best supporting assignments. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to jump in. And uh, so one of the things that you assigned me for this week was uh, the YouTube video is called Christmas Wrapping. The Waitress. Correct? The Waitress. The Waitresses? The Waitresses. The Waitresses. Yeah, the song is by The Waitresses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And... This is something that because I started reading the comments, too. And you're right. You are not alone. A lot of people really love this video. And it's like part of their Christmas tradition. And it's so fascinating to me that that's that it, like it still kind of carries on through like through all these years, because I think it, the first comment I saw was like, this is the first YouTube video I ever watched or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's it's an old video, I guess. But I will say that it is I, from 2006. Yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy to me. That's 15 years. Wow. Um, I will say that I liked the video. I will also say that I hate this song because I remember it. It's I. It just feels 
I don't know. My, I remember when I was young and I used to hear it, I was like, oh, this song is terrible. Uh-huh. But I think that's what maybe, maybe that's the draw for you. Or do you genuinely, do you like the song or is it just all wrapped up in nostalgia for you? So uh, for anyone, we t- I know we had talked about it a little bit last week, but the video, it's it's not like the official music yeah. video for the waitresses. The song is like from the 80s, but it's like some girl who's just, you know, lip syncing to it in, you know, <laughs> the family study yes. you know uh it, it looks like it's 1987 uh it's just so it's such a different era but um so there's you know some lip syncing there's some you know fun stop motion with some toothpicks i think there's just the song i am i i like parts of it i like the line get this winter over with i think that's you know probably my favorite line uh, you forgot cranberries too. It's like, oh, for God's sake. Um, but the video itself, there's just a feeling to it. There's just, it, it's so, uh, such a specific nostalgia. Yeah. Like when I think of that video, I think of watching it in 2009 on my laptop with my roommate. You know what I mean? Like I think of, and there it's, it's an old YouTube video, mm-hmm. you know, there's, just, there's a, there's a thing about like old YouTube and just like the aesthetic of old YouTube and it's so much less slick and it's all on iMovie and it's all grainy and her lip sync isn't good. I mean, she definitely doesn't like nail Mm -hmm. it, you know, she's going to sashay away, (laughs) but that's not like the point of it. It's just like, this is a video that like a teenage girl would make back in the day on her iMac, you know? Yeah, with the sticks, um, those little, like, toothpicks are way up. Yeah, with the toothpicks, yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, the song is not, like, my favorite Christmas song, but the the, the video feeling, and I yeah. think the feeling and that sense that, like, in this era of, the, in the 21st century, this is what's considered a Christmas tradition. I love you know? that. I'm I'm sorry I didn't have the warm fuzzies. I, I, I wanted to, but uh, that song is... Hey, you yeah, know? uh, that's her. I mean, I'm really offended. I take it personally. <laughs> My aunt was in the waitresses, uh, so I'm I'm heartbroken. You're gonna bring it up at the uh, Christmas party, the BSA for Christmas. I party. am Ramona Singer style. I was really hurt. Actually, you hurt my feelings. I was really hurt. Yeah, I was really hurt. I mean, like, okay, so like, you don't have an aunt in a band. Okay, fine, whatever. Okay, okay. you don't have a brain. Goodbye. That's one of my favorite Ramona brain. lines okay. when she tells. I mean, it. are you <laughs> really that dumb? <laughs> uh, um. Anyway. So Christmas wrapping, yay! I uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you had me watch it um, to kind of you know take a peek into your own sort of uh, Christmas traditions and and what I, I wish I'm trying to think of what my equivalent would be and maybe I have to ponder upon that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Give it a you know give it a thought. What's your you know or maybe this is the year to create Ooh, some. Yes. Uh, I will say that I'm about to. I I think I am about to offend you right now because I. <laughs> forgot to listen to the demise of what's-her-face. The demise of Mrs. Daigle is what I keep calling it. Um, the demise uh, of Mrs. Baylock. I even texted you about this. You did. Uh, but I think maybe it's just an ongoing joke now that I need to get my shit together and listen to the demise of Mrs. Baylock. So I will continue I, it for extra credit next week. Yeah, I'll leave it on the board as potential extra credit. You know, it's... Uh, for those playing at home, uh, he had about six days to listen to it. It's five <laughs> minutes long. That's right. And I uh, just want to put that out there. Uh, but uh, just for anyone playing at home, I just want to make sure the math is accurate. Uh, okay, uh, well, yes. you know, <laughs> it's like hated, that. My, hated my Christmas tradition and didn't listen to the extra credit. <laughs> this is the worst Christmas they've ever 
<laughs> oh, I don't care. Uh, I know, fine. but still, I I don't know why. I mean, I, I generally don't think about them, like the assignments, especially when it's something. I think if it's a movie, I usually do it over the weekend. But if it's something small like this, it's just oh, I'm always going to wait till the last minute because that's me. Um, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. How's that working for you? <laughs> I know it's not. It's not. Well, um, well, my assignment uh, was to watch the pilot episode of Insecure, yes, which I had seen years ago, but it had been so long that it was it was nice to revisit. And like, what a delightful surprise mm-hmm. that Maya was in it. I know. Obviously not the character, but I had completely forgotten that Maya Erskine was in it, and. Then I thought about Pen15 ending, and then I teared up, and I was just like, oh, this is a moment. But Insecure, I mean, it's such a strong pilot. It's such a great, like, you know, some shows, you know, there's like Westworld, where you're like, how long is it going to take till I care about what I'm watching? And then there's shows like Insecure, where like, boom, the first scene, I'm hooked, I love it, I'm obsessed with Issa Rae, like, bing, bang, boom. And... It just it's such a great show and then it also made me think about like oh god I'm so glad I'm not a single straight woman. <laughs> I just like in oh, a big yeah. city I just between insecure and real housewives like I have been I am very content in being a single gay man on the cusp of 37 because I have a model in which it works and it's fine and I have not gotten to the point yet where I think I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. So that's good. Uh, And I have no pressure to get married or have kids. There's no biological clock, et cetera, and so forth. I feel like that is not true for everybody, those feelings. And I feel like I, I see a real tragic, ridiculous version of it on The Real Housewives of New York with Ramona mm-hmm. in season nine. And then this like very real, very kind of like, oh my God, what do you fucking do scenario with... Uh, Issa Rae with oh gosh I'm blanking on her character's name and I, I hey, she her name is Issa in the show it is Issa I was, yeah, I was yeah. like is it it's, it's one Issa, of those right shows, yeah. Like, yeah yeah okay good I was like I I think it's Issa but then there was nothing and then to Molly remember, yeah. as kind of this like counter narrative of like uh just it's like oh god I I would hate to be having to play those games or yeah. navigating you know oh I'm not looking for a relationship like oh like all of that you know. Um, but what I loved about it the most was that the episode ended on their friendship and on Issa, you know, coming to Molly's apartment and bringing the the Cheetos and the dip. And, and it made me think about how, like, as we've seen so many TV shows and movies about relationships and about couples and the, the dynamics of it. But like, I am always going to be fascinated by like very nuanced, very real representations of friendship, you know, like Campbell and Abby on work in progress. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Issa and Molly on insecure. It's just like, Oh, this feels so real and so interesting. And like, I'm glad that the episode ended on like, Oh, this is what's real, you know? Yeah. I, there's an example of this in the humans, which maybe we'll get to one day Um, of uh, of just like, an example of conflict that's like quickly resolved mm-hmm. and on paper that doesn't sound too exciting. And even if, if I was writing my own pilot too, I would, you know, it's like maybe they stay mad at each other for a couple episodes or something like that. But there's something refreshing about like just being mature and owning up to, you know, whoever's fault it is. It's just like, okay, you know, let's just 
I'm coming over with the Cheetos. We know we're going to be okay. Let's, you know, sit on the couch, drink some wine, and have some laughs. It's nice. Yeah, I I love that, like, Isa shows up, and then she says, are you still mad? And then Molly's like, are you still tripping? And it was just like, yeah. are we done? You know, it's like, are you, like, you know how I feel. I know how you feel. You know, can we both agree to just put this down? And... It's I I love it. I thought that was just so funny that like and then and then it, it, clearly they have a bit. It actually it reminded me of in I May Destroy You the way that they have it like you know your uh your your life is my life, your death is my death. Like oh, she, yeah. they have that like thing. That I'm I'm misquoting it of course, but I felt like. Issa and Molly had a similar like you're my girlfriend like they had a little song that they both knew yes and uh I and I love that in a show or a movie when you see this was in Lazy Susan as well where like you're seeing them do an inside joke but they're not explaining it to us you know yeah Um, yeah I love that I don't need it to be explained I just like seeing like oh this is a joke you guys have I love it Ugh, I loved it I loved it uh, I think I'm on like episode six or seven at this point too, and I was introduced to Natasha Rothwell, who we know from <sighs> The White Lotus. <sighs> um, and I just can't get enough of Lawrence. I just think he's so sexy, even though he's having his own turmoil mm-hmm. of his own, played by the delicious Jay Ellis. Um, and I, I love it. I love that I have just like a, a you know, a half hour comedy to kind of work through i guess it's nice yeah i am um, speaking of natasha rothwell i think she there was a feature about her in like the la times recently that i read okay. and it was really good like apparently like she you know she was a writer on insecure and then i think it was kind of like phyllis on the office where she was reading for the role in certain scenes as they were like kind of working through the script uh... and then it became apparent like oh you should be this person like you are this person and like that's how she got the role and oh i love yeah that. yeah and i just uh she that it's a great piece i should send it to you i just uh it just made me love her even more uh and just kind of root for her even more so um yeah it was great i i really enjoy insecure i should uh i mean i guess with pen 15 ending and all the other shows like you know i got a couple unwatched seasons of insecure i can catch up on yeah that being said, I, I I hate to be a show off, but I did do a little bonus homework. Ooh, well, good for well, you. Well, good for you. Did. You did. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I know how hard a five minute song can be, but I listened to a whole album. So. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I did listen to Thirty by yes. One Miss Adele. And uh, does she have a last name? What's Adele's last name? Atkins. Adele Atkins. That's cute. Um, yeah. I thought it was great. I think my I – and mean, I only listened to it once. And you know, you listen to something and you got you to gotta yeah. listen over and over. And I listened to yeah. it while I went for a very long walk. And so it accompanied Ooh. me for the entire walk. And I listened to it in order. And I understood while listening to it why she didn't want it on auto shuffle. And sure. so I don't maybe have like songs that like, I'm like, oh yes, that one's that. And that one's that. Like I, sure. I haven't put the names to them yet, but I, I appreciated that this to me, from what I gathered, having heard bits and snips and snaps of Adele's other albums is I felt like this one was so much more of a narrative and less bops, if you will, than like yeah. previous albums that have these like just catchy ass choruses and just like 
bing mm-hmm. bang boom moments this felt i mean there's like talking through tears moments on it of her just like talking to her kid yeah. or you know doing you know voice notes of something and it's it just felt like i was there was more of a a larger narrative and a story and an emotional journey versus like you know here's this song to get ready to go out you know for a night on the club and here's this song to cry about your boyfriend too like it wasn't as yes. like buffet style it was more of a, a, a an interconnected meal is that, is that is that true would you say that that reads yeah i totally agree i feel like it's you know it sounds it sounds silly for me to be like this is her when she's most raw you know like but it really does feel like she's letting us see something that I don't know. It's there's there are just more. She's peeling back more of the layers with this album. Like you're, I'm basically repeating what you're saying too. Like it's instead of you know here's sad song number one two three. And this is not to discount twenty five twenty one or nineteen because I love all them those albums and the songs on them for so many other different reasons. But I think there's like an evolution here of her life outside of music and also her her as an artist i guess too so it's 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 the most i hate to say i almost said like it's the most artistic of all of her albums and maybe that's not the the word that i'm looking for too but um uh i i did enjoy the voice uh, you know the voice memo i think the one thing was a voicemail she left for one of her girlfriends um mm. talk i think it's in I, I think it's in cry your heart out or my little love or something where she's like i'm hungover and this is the first time that i you know and that doesn't help yes. and this is the first time i've ever really felt alone since it and the true talking through tears moment on the oh, album God. for me, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh wow, you you're really, you're really. It's like a peek behind the curtain almost, where it's like I almost feel like it's uh, you know, as the great Anne Dowd one says, I feel so intrusive or I feel so invasive. I know you need space. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you need space, and I I feel like um, yeah, I, I I my thoughts are a little clouded now too but in general i you know the the album the first four tracks with that being said i really haven't gone back and really listened to those tracks for me the album really starts to feel like 25 or especially 21 and 25 with the song oh my god it's just like i hope it's the next single Mm. because it makes the most sense for it i feel like it's the most commercial it is you know I've listened to it a lot since it's it, and and really I drink wine I think is a terrible title but one of the best songs on the album too. Uh, interesting titles on this album I will say. I don't understand all of them but um I and then I love the last three like Hold On to Be Loved and Love is a Game is are are great. There's something about the last song on this album that sounds like I don't know it's like a version of like My Way by like Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. and like everyone else who's ever sung that song. And also this like sort of disco song. And it's just like this, I don't know. It's um, it's such a finale song because it's the last song she sang at the uh, that special on CBS. Um, but it's also like I've I'm I'm okay and I'm I've I've overcome this. Like you were saying, you 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 get the full picture of this this album and where she was at the beginning of it and where she is now at the end. So I, I love it. She has a residency now in Las Vegas. Did you hear about that? No, but that's, I mean, so that's great. Yeah, it's, it's coming January 21st and it goes all the way through April 16th. But I'm, if I'm, uh, let me look at the text my friend Luke sent me, but I feel like it's only on the weekends, which is going to make, you know, 
I mean, I'm not expecting to get tickets anyway, but right. like I feel like with only on the weekends, it is uh that makes it even more uh exclusive. Well, good for her, for you know, way. like yeah. she's got a kid. Why would you want to be, you know, doing what seven nights oh, a week? Yeah. It's great. I think it's a great idea like as far as just where she is in her life and I love that it's available. I love that there's a lot of people that will get to see her because I'm sure people are dying. I mean, I would yeah, and she's, freak out if I had tickets. Yeah, and as a live performer, it's like there's no loss in quality. Like there's so many singers where it's like, well, it's a live performance, so it's a little bit thinner. But with Adele, I just feel like I I can't hear a difference between live and yeah. you know and and on the album. And I feel like then the benefit of the live show is I feel like she's just got such a you know a chemistry with the audience, and there's just a real like charm about her that I also love the idea of like. Adele being a Vegas residency, I'm like, ugh. All right, all right. You know, we're we're she's arrived. We're getting a couple things right in this timeline. You know what I mean? A lot of things yes. wrong, but Adele's got a residency. All right, okay, I'll support that one. I think we can all agree that's a good idea. I agree. Well, uh, I think that leads us to our assignments for next week. Um, you know, I, as as some people may know, I had I had. Uh, thought we were you know i prepared for this sounds so passive aggressive i'm not trying to be passive aggressive <laughs> no i know what you mean it's it, funny it's, yeah it was gonna be a, a company you know a bsa's of company episode and so i thought to be in theme i would have our our assignment be company themed and um, i'm gonna stick with that because i think we will eventually in in the near future do this episode so this will still be relevant but th- there's probably more than a few but i'm gonna send you the one that i use but the who does the fast part of not getting married today best compilation? Ooh, I've uh, always seen it. Yes, go. Yeah, so I, so you've never watched it. I've never watched it. Of course. Oh, this my is perfect. Oh, I'm so yes. So I'm going to send that to you, and your assignment is to not only watch it, but I mean, you take it as far as you want, but. If you want to give me your thoughts on everyone in the compilation, feel free. If you want to pick out your favorites, that sounds good too. But I'd love I'd love to get your picks because it's a mix and a match and you know, who which one is your favorite not getting married of, of the compilation? Ooh, I love this. Yes. Yes. yes, yes Great. Yes. Um and so yeah, so that's your assignment. And you know, if if you have five minutes to spare in the next five or six days, maybe you could check out The Demise of Mrs. Baylock. There we go. Extra yep. credit. Extra credit. Yep. Yes. An extension on my assignment. Yes. Just an I, extension. I, I, I thank yeah. you for that. And yes. uh, I think I got five minutes. Something Yeah, goes. maybe. <laughs> Over some cold pie, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh. Great. I'm excited for that. I can't wait. Um, well, I am going to sign you uh, an episode of a TV show, a 30-minute mm. episode. Um, I, at first when I saw that this coming out, I was like, oh, that looks looks kind of good, but I didn't really, you know, there's so many things to watch. But um, Jamie and Vic uh, just finished watching the whole series and they loved it. So Keon and I are now three episodes in, but I'm going to sign you the first episode of Only Murders in the Building. With oh, Steve okay. Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. No offense to Selena Gomez fans. I know she has like the most followers on like every social media platform. I'm trying to think of who else I would have cast in that role. And she's good enough. And maybe she's really going to wow us later. But it is really charming. 
very stylized, like, and it sucks you in almost immediately. So okay. I'm, I'm interested to, and this kind of, it's funny that your BSA um, or your best supporting assignment ties into company because mine kind of ties into the humans. You will, I'm not going to say anything, but there are cameos galore of women that we love. And okay. the first, there's there's two, at least two in the first episode that I think you're going to be very excited to see. You're selling it to me because that every time I see like an ad or something about that show, I'm like, ugh. I, I felt the same. That. I really did. Yeah. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I do like the poster though. Like that, those colors together. I think like the like the graphic designer, whoever did that. Um, it's really cool. I I I had my reservations, and Keon was like, I think we should watch it. And I was like, okay. And then we were three episodes in, and I wanted to watch more. So whether or not that happens to you, fine. But there are some there's some really great ladies. And all right. And, and this is on Hulu, for- right? on Hulu. Um, I just think they really went wild with like Broadway ladies in New York city. And um, it's great. They were available. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. Right. So Uh, yeah. Great. Well, you know, in the spirit of, of watching new things, those other things end, this is great. And yeah, a show that I would have, again, would have never put on because I was just like, no, I'm not watching that. So this is great. This is, I'm, I'm excited to be proven wrong. Yeah, it's clever and it's about podcasting too. It's it's very oh. meta of like the true crime phase or craze that's still, you know, ongoing and you know, that's all I'm going to say, but I I think you'll really enjoy it. All right. Well, I can't wait. Um well, I think that leads us to our final segment of the episode, BSA of the week in which we clean out a food or song or there and night. So what do you got? <laughs> Um, mine ties, mine ties right into Only Murders in the Building. I'm going to give it to Martin Shorts for Only Murders in the Building. He plays this, I thought, fabulous gay man. I feel like Martin Shorts a little gay, right? I don't know. I don't he's, think he is, but maybe he is. has got a dandy quality. I think yes. he's, he's straight, because I, I think his wife had passed away, so I remember okay. hearing a story about that. That's the only reason oh, I know geez. that. Otherwise, I would have been like, eh, he's kind of gay to me. But sure. uh, he, he's got a bit of a, um, yeah, a, 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 what would be the word? Not dandy, but of a, you know, he's a... He's a little flighty. He's a little, you know, a little, little light on his feet. Yeah, light in the <laughs> loafers. Yeah, yeah. I, but he plays like a like a Broadway director that you know only produces flops or directs flops, and he has some really great moments in like the second and third episode too. Like I never really. I mean, it goes back to maybe your theory, our theory of like that. Um, comedic actors really can do drama really well not all of them but most of them and i think martin short is on that sort of like amy polar list of like really a couple times i was like wow martin short you are you're really good he's it's just a really good actor and i i don't don't know why i mean he probably just hasn't had the opportunity uh you know he's not talking through tears or anything but at the same time he's really giving me what i want he's so funny uh, and I just think it's a great character. Uh, so yeah, Martin Short. All right. Um, well, I I guess I will I will find out. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's good to know. Uh, my BSA of the week, which I would also say could count as a bit of you know bonus work if you want, but certainly recommended. Um, okay. So you know, 
to back up a little, you know, one of the things we had talked about was doing an episode of the essays of company from 2006, because of course, Stephen Sondheim had passed away. And no, mm-hmm. Stephen Sondheim is not my BSA of the week. That'd be disgusting. I'm not Lin-Manuel Miranda, but uh, really worried about Lin right now, you know, but, um, but, you know, I, uh, one of the people who of course I thought about first when he passed away was Julie Klausner. Cause I think she used to yeah. say on how is your week, that she would know when Stephen Sondheim had died because her phone would be blowing up. Isn't didn't she used to say that all the oh, time? Oh, I mean that sounds. I I don't recall it, but that sounds sounds like our jubies. It sounds like our jubies. I just I remember her talking about it, and I think there was something about that. And of course, she loves him and and has you know queened out about him on her podcast, and you know. Uh, it it was it, yeah. There's just there's that weird parasocial relationship. We're like, oh, I thought about Julie. I don't know Julie, but I in a way I do. And yeah, that kind of brings us to. Um, I was wondering if they were going to talk about it on Double Threat, which is the podcast Ooh, she's on now with yes. Tom Sharpling, and I didn't know if they'd you know open with it or whatever. But they get about 24 minutes in, and then it comes up and then Julie starts to get emotional about it. And it's not a podcast where people get emotional. And it was a really beautiful conversation that they had because she was like, I I feel so ridiculous crying about this man that I don't know. And Tom just said some really beautiful things to her about like, you know, what he meant to you and like what his impact was on what you do and what you love and just like his presence in your life and how much you understood his work, you did know him. And so it is real and it is valid. Mm. And I was like, that's so beautiful. And I remember it sounds so silly, but it's like this past summer when Chi Chi Devane passed away, who is a a drag race queen that we all loved. And there was this weird sense of like, why am I, I never met this person. I don't know who they are really. I know I saw them on TV and I really enjoyed them there. And like, what do I do with these weird feelings? You know? And, you know, as much as it, 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 it's fun to be, you know, start, you know, cynical and be like, Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who cares? Like, I'm sure it did mean a lot to him. It's not so much that it's more of like the strangers on Twitter who are like, I'm just really concerned about Lin right now. I I think he must be taking this hard. It's like, you don't fucking know him. Like memorialize Stephen Sondheim. Don't bother. Leave Lin alone. You know? Yeah. He's Um, fine. He's not about him. Yeah. It is very much finally not about him right now. And um, so my BSA of the week is this conversation on Double Threat, which I highly recommend. I think you would enjoy it if you want to skip ahead. It's like 24 minutes in to their like, I think it's called like Thanksgiving Leftovers at Plato's Retreat. I think that's the name of the episode. (laughs) But um, it's like 24 minutes in. And it's just, it's a really, because then you can also tell that like, Tom is like making an effort to cheer her up and it's just like a beautiful moment similar to insecure of like their friendship. So I highly, highly recommend you listen to that podcast anyway, but if you want an entrance, that's a great segment. Oh, I will definitely listen to that. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. And like Julie, like I've the only other time I've ever heard her talk through tears is when, uh, Smiley Muffin passed away. Her, yes, her cat. And, yes. Oh, I'm choked up even thinking about that. But like, you know, it's a, so it's one of those like funny we were sm- saying about Martin Short being dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's like when a com- when someone we know for being yeah. comedic gets serious, it's like oh, this is really serious. So yes, uh, and so I think for anybody who maybe is having those weird feelings about 
someone they didn't know, you know, passing away. I thought like I, you know, I love company. I'm, I I did not grow up with Sondheim. I I totally get what a lot of people are feeling right now. I don't mean to trivialize that. It's just about the Lin Manuel stuff. But like, I love company and I appreciate all of that. But um, having a little bit of distance, not crying, reading about it or hearing about it, it was nice to be able to kind of like observe how people were reacting to this. And I thought this conversation was one of the most interesting reactions. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to listen. I think that'll be Yeah. Great. So, uh, and so that's that on this very extended best supporting after show pumpkin pie for breakfast situation. Did you have anything else? Oh, excuse me. Oh, whoa. Too to much me. pumpkin pie over there. <laughs> oh my I think that's the perfect way to end this. You oh, need some Tums over there. on yeah. NSP, NBC right now. Some Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I got to put my coat on. Yeah. Well, who knows what we'll be talking about next week. We have to We have to talk about it. And, uh, but we're going to you know. talk about it. I know that much. Yes. Yeah. We. <laughs> from now until the end of time, we will always confirm. That's what, always. what we've learned. Yeah. We've learned. I'm going to get it notarized every week. Yes. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's that, it for this week. That's it. Thanks for sticking around for, you know, a dinner of a dinner of appetizers and sides. And, uh, you know, uh, we got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. See you next time. See ya.